May I have your attention, please? Hey, that's quite a voice you've got there. You ever think about doing radio? Today is national... It is national DJ Day. I'm a disc jockey. Here is a complete disc jockey show with all the modern pace of today's exciting radio. I'm the number one DJ. Hasn't she ever heard you on the radio? I'm going to the air. Great, let's do it. All right, here we go. Hit it! It's showtime. From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Uh, today's a big day. Good morning, friends, and uh, thanks for checking out the podcast on this January 20th. Uh, likely by the time you were listening to this, uh, Donald Trump is no longer the president of the United States officially. I love Inauguration Day. I love everything about the office of president. I think I've tried to impress that upon people in the past that I, I like the president and the office, not necessarily the person who occupies that office. And this is the first inauguration in years that I haven't been at, and it fucking kills me. Oh, I really wish I could be there. Uh, again, not because of the man, but because of the office and the peaceful transfer of power. And despite all the doom and gloom and shit that CNN has been throwing out for the last week, it looks like it's going to be a peaceful transfer of power. And that's good. That's the the bedrock of democracy. So uh, Donald Trump has left Washington. He did speak this morning. Here's a little bit of his speech. I will always fight for you. I will be watching. I will be listening. And I will tell you that the future of this country has never been better. I wish the new administration great luck and great success. I think they'll have great success. They have the foundation to do something really spectacular. And again, we put it in a position like it's never been before, despite the worst plague to hit since, I guess you'd say, 1917, over 100 years ago. And despite that, despite that, the things that we've done have been just incredible, and I couldn't have done them, done it without you. So just a goodbye. We love you. We will be back in some form. I do want to thank Congress, and I want to thank all of the great people of Washington, D.C., all of the people that we worked with to put this miracle together. So have a good life. We will see you soon. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Well, you know, have a nice life. <laughs> I know there's there's people who are glad to see him gone. There's people who are upset that he's gone. There's people who don't think he should be leaving. People who think he should have been gone much sooner. There's people on all sides of it. But let me just say one thing. And I've tried to stress this many times in the past. You got to settle the fuck down on your victory lap. People who hate Trump. Don't forget, there was, what, 76 million people that voted for him in November. He got more votes going into a second term than he did going into a first. If he had won that election, it would have been one of the the few times where they got more votes in the second term than they did in the first. There's people who legit like this guy. And, and they're going to try and impeach him again. Fine. If they want to do that, fine. That's totally up to them. It's not my country, so whatever. But... You know, these people that are dancing on his grave, basically, and don't let the door hit you on the way out and speculating about what Melania is going to do. Just keep in mind, there's 76 million Americans that voted for the guy that probably aren't that thrilled with what's going on here. Their guy 
is not in. And a lot of them think that this election was stolen from them. So, you know, just calm down on all the, the, the victory lap that's going on right now, because there's still a lot of people that like the guy. And even if he's not president, he's still got a lot of power. He really does. He will get national security briefings for the rest of his life. He will uh, always be as part of the club. He was the 45th president of the United States. And love him or hate him, he's always going to be a part of America's history. And now he actually is history. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Maybe I'm not saying it as plainly as I should. You know, be gracious in victory, I guess is the best way to say it. Your guy won. Be gracious about that. You don't need to go and dance on the logo after you score a touchdown. You just don't need to do it because it's not helping anything. And it's not calming things down. You want to talk about incitement? Well, let's be honest here. There's a lot of incitement going on right now against the the pro-Trump people. And it's not helping at all. Mm -hmm. Everybody just calm the fuck down. You wanted him gone. He's gone. That's it. I think it'll Let be. It it'll take time to fizzle out. These things always kind of do. I think what's probably frustrating for people, and the, I would assume the ones that are like, "Bye, don't let the door hit you on the way out." Like you said, you know, fuck off. Like, see you never, bitch. Like those people. Mm-hmm. I hope at least, you know, it, it's hard because some people did really did give him a chance and did not like what he did well in office. You know, aside from him being brutally honest, which is actually one of the qualities that I like in a leader of any kind. Brutally honest. The brutal, like, tell us the truth. I don't want to be left in the dark. Be real about it. But I mean, we can all agree. I think that Trump was a different, was a to- on a totally different level of that. There was a lot of um, whatever. Like, I don't need to get into it. But basically, I understand where people are at when they're saying goodbye, and they they have every right to. Hey, you know, that's fine. Say fuck off. See you later. See you never. That's fine. But I think you're right. Is that I don't think. That this is the end. I mean, he himself just said, have a nice life in his speech, which made me laugh. But he it's he like we got come, broken up with. He will come. I know. Totally. Did it feel like that? It felt yeah. like a breakup speech. Yeah. Like a like a mean one. Kind of. It was like the end of The Bachelor. Because <laughs> it was weird because he did the speech in front of a bunch of supporters who were yelling and screaming good things like I love Trump. Uh, thank you, Trump. All those things. But, you know, people watching the televised version of that might have been at home, given the TV, the finger. And he knew that. So I think he tried his best to make a speech, a, a very small one, mind you, it was very small. But uh, to say to both the haters and the lovers, I'll be back. So just. Don't you worry. And he will. And he'll figure out a way. Do you think that any of the pardons that he gave yesterday will come back and benefit him in any way when it does come to him trying to get back into the, the I don't know, uh, the mainstream on a social media platform of some kind? Because in my mind, that's how I see things going. And I'll go ahead and try to call it now that he's going to try to start his own whatever maybe it's social media under that category and he is going to try to enlist the people that he's helped out along the lines maybe i don't know i'm just going to use Lil wayne as an example because he got pardoned yesterday but there's many other people that he's helped out through his term in office he'll reach out to them and say help me out make this successful as possible and uh because i i helped you out during my run like i really do see that happening yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> the fact that he pardoned Lil Wayne is going to create some goodwill with some people. Sure. The fact that he pardons Steve Bannon is going to create some goodwill with some people. Listen, Donald Trump is not written off for history because we as a society have an extremely short memory. We have a bad habit of getting caught up in the now and in the moment. And as history has taught us, it's a long life. Donald Trump... Love him or hate him, 
could very easily fall into the ex-president's club. And I don't think it would be Joe Biden that would reach out and, and extend the olive branch. But if Trump wants to play ball with the establishment in Washington, he could be part of the ex-president's club. And and let's be honest. I mean, uh, there was a time when uh, President Clinton and George W. Bush were called upon to use their star power to raise some money. I think that was after Hurricane Katrina. Uh, there was a time when ex-presidents were dispatched to bad situations in, in the Middle East to try and work out a deal. The U.S. is going to have a big problem with North Korea. Donald Trump made a lot of progress there. He actually went to North Korea and met with Kim Jong-un. If they want some progress made on that, maybe they should be calling up Donald Trump and saying, hey, could you serve your country again and go to North Korea and try and work out a peace agreement or a, a denuclearization agreement? Maybe Donald Trump is the guy they call up to say, hey, listen, we're having a problem with this new NAFTA agreement that you negotiated. Could you go back and talk to whomever to try and resolve the situation and he and i think even they'll admit he was good in those kinds of situations where they won't admit it and that's the thing there's so much fucking hatred like i get that you don't like what he did but why do you hate 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 so much Hmm. you know it it just fuck he's gone let it go i mean i'm ready to move on i I don't know why can't everybody else just move on that's what i don't understand yeah. I'm, I, again, I think it's going to take time for it to fizzle out for those who don't seem like they're going to move on. I think eventually everyone will chill, calm down. But yeah, we won't see it for the for a little while. When was the last time, by the way, somebody did not get um, elected their second term in? Uh, the last one, I believe, was George Bush Sr. did not get a second okay, so term. A long, it's been a long time. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Um it is what it is, right? I mean, did he win a second term or did he not? I guess we'll never know. I, I don't know if there's going to be a formal investigation into that. I don't um, know. I mean, I think we can just leave that alone, but that's just me personally. Just leave it as, you know, just leave it the fuck alone. Yeah, I mean, uh, justice is justice, and there's still a lot of people out there that just want to see proof one way or the other. And they're not fanatical about it. They're not radical. They just heard some shit that sounds very questionable, and they would like an answer. Those are the people that I feel like do deserve a little bit of transparency. But that's all I've wanted from the beginning. Uh, now that Trump is gone, he is going to go and live in Mar-a-Lago. Best guess, what happens with Melania? Um, it, she'll stick with him for a while. I'm not I don't know. If, I like, think so, too. Yeah, like, I, I think she will. Like, wouldn't she have left by now? You know, you wonder, I, she had a lot of, per- like, some people believe that she stayed for the perks of it all, right? Um, she was just in it as a gold digger from the beginning of the relationship. She, oh, became the first lady. That's pretty cool, but she fucking hates him the whole time. That's the rhetoric that's been thrown around, but I, I don't see any actual proof or evidence of her actually, actually hating him. I yeah. don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, nobody really knows what's in her head. I I think there's people out there who, like you said, think she was basically trapped and felt like she couldn't leave. But now she's free. And if she wants to, she can go. I don't know that she's going to go. I mean, I watched her this morning with that say goodbye to America thing. And maybe she just wants to sort of uh, live her life in Palm Beach, Florida. There's a lot worse places to live with millions upon millions of dollars at her disposal and a private 737 and, and just raise her kid. You know, I don't think they have a particularly adventurous sex life, if that's what you're asking. But I, I don't know that she's necessarily going to leave. I've never, by the way, I've never asked about their sex life and I never will. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> never, never was that a question I wanted answered. No, I'll bet you it's gross. <laughs> I don't want to know at, at all. Uh, Joe Biden takes over today, and this is important for a couple of reasons. Number one, 
Yeah, it's another old, old white guy in charge of America. But there's a little bit of progress here because we have uh, a mixed race woman as vice president. Mm -hmm. Kamala Harris is the first woman to serve as vice president. And she literally is a heartbeat away from being president of the United States. (laughs) Yeah. I'm a big Kamala fan. I don't know. She's got that likability almost of like, uh, I know she was never a vice president, but like a Michelle Obama quality to her where it seems like many people, she's just very likable, seems very approachable. And you see, uh, even if you aren't in politics, you kind of see yourself in her in, in one way or another. Maybe I'm speaking as a woman. I don't know. But I I, I like her a lot. I, I'm interested to see what she, I have her, my eye on her more so than Joe, for sure. Mm. I, I, she probably will be the X factor in this whole thing, good or bad. She is uh, a bit of a firecracker. She's certainly motivated. She's ambitious. And she is now, like I said, a heartbeat away from being president of the United States. And let's not forget here, this is also historic for the first time in history. The second in the chain to be president is a woman. The third in the chain is also a woman. If anything happens to Joe Biden, Kamala Harris would become president of the United States. If anything happens to Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, the next president of the United States would also be a woman in Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House. I think she's in for a rough fucking ride for the next couple of years. I think Nancy Pelosi. (laughs) I think her party wants her gone. Seems like it anyway. If you look at AOC, it seems like she's going to lead that effort to get rid of Nancy. In any case, uh, it's a historic day. The inauguration, I think, is going to be peaceful. It should be peaceful. Anybody who's thinking about being a fucker, don't do it. Just don't. I mean, today's not your day. If you want to protest and do shit, go ahead down the line. Not anything violent, by the way. Protest peacefully and respectfully. But if you want to do anything down the line, uh, organize a big march on Washington, you go right ahead. But keep today peaceful. Keep today about the transfer of power peacefully. One thing I will say, though, is inaugurations in the past have not been peaceful. I was there four years ago today in D.C. when Donald Trump was sworn in. And I'll tell you first firsthand, there was a lot of fucking violence. There were police in full-blown riot gear firing off tear gas and rubber bullets. At one point, I was on Pennsylvania Avenue and I was allowed to be there because I had my media credentials. And... A whole swarm of police came in and grabbed myself and the guys that I was with. They pushed us up against a wall and basically blocked us off because there was an insane herd of protesters coming right at us. And they were throwing things and they were being violent and disruptive and they were damaging property. And and, you know, I just cherry pick the fucking facts that you like. I know that if that shit goes down today. Uh, uh, Trump is going to wear it 100%. But you know what? It happened four years ago, too. And those were people that didn't like Trump. And my point in all of this is everybody just settle down. Let's reset here. This is a new day. It's a new beginning. Just calm to fuck I'll never down. understand. Do the protesters think that seriously they're going to st- they're going to stop everything because they oh wait there's protesters Joe no don't swear to oath on any no stop everything because there's these people there. It's not going to happen. So I d- I, I just feel like it's so. Pointless. I, it's just, there's so many other ways you could channel that energy into something else, something more positive than than those protests. Those protests mm-hmm. to me, trying to what are you trying? What is seriously your goal? Just to yell and scream and kick and and let people know that you're angry? Because if so, okay, fine. But if your goal is to stop it, it's not going to happen. So I'm not sure what the point of all of it is. 
Be gracious in victory as well as defeat. Now, we haven't seen a fantastic example of Donald Trump being gracious in defeat, so let's at least see one in victory. If your guy is getting sworn in today, enjoy the moment. I guess anytime there's a change in office, that's historic. The fact that we're getting a woman as vice president and possibly president at some point, uh, that's a big deal, too. You can enjoy that and celebrate the history of it. Hopefully, people on the other side will respect the fact that this is a historic moment for a lot of people. But everybody just calm the fuck down. Everybody. Stop it with your social media shit. Stop calling people losers. And, And CNN, you in particular, MSNBC. You, you guys, White House correspondents that didn't get to ask enough questions or didn't like the answers you got, everybody calm down because it's a new day. It's a new day. A new president's coming in. Forget about the last four years if you didn't like him. If you did like him, you can enjoy the victories, and let's just move on. That's all we have to do is move on. It's a new day. Uh, are you going to watch that concert tonight? I still think that's yeah. a little weird, but yeah. I know. I know. It's funny. You call it a concert because that's exactly what it is, but they're not calling it that. <laughs> no, they're <laughs> but, a salute but, to America. But you're damn right it is. Um, you know what it's going to be? It's, I don't really like singers getting too, too involved in politics, okay? But I, so maybe it's a little hypocritical of me to watch it. But yeah, I mean, I'm going to watch it because I want to see what it's about. I need to talk about it tomorrow too. Um, but in case you haven't heard about this, this is the one that Tom Hanks is, is hosting. Cause there are a couple of different specials apparently that'll be on, but the main one, the big one is the one that he's hosting called celebrating America and Lady Gaga is going to be there. And JLo, Justin Timberlake, Katy Perry, Garth Brooks, Demi Lovato, Bruce Springsteen, John Bon Jovi, and many more. Um, Amazon prime video. If you have, it'll be on there. If you don't, you can get it on like a lot of news networks. And if you don't have cable, you can also get it on the social pages for presidential inaugural committee. Uh, made all of their pages facebook youtube all of it so really easy to watch if you do want to watch it i'm gonna i'm gonna watch some of it but i again like if they're the, the purpose of it is for joe biden so it's going to be very presidential in its in the performances um so eh, i'm gonna probably watch most of it but i don't think it's going to be super like thrilling i know they asked me to come and, and and do a song and i'm i'm so excited i was obviously honored um I'm I'm excited about, you know, the future now and uh, and, uh, you know, I'm going to do something probably a little patriotic. I don't know. Let's talk about vaccines for a second here. We got a big fucking problem, Kat. Big problem. Big, 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 big problem. And the fact that like the vaccines aren't here. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) I say vaccines, but it should have a question mark at the end of it. Vaccines. Let's just be honest about what the hell is going on here. The U.S. has very protectionist policies. They have Pfizer as an American company, and they're making vaccines in Michigan, but they want those vaccines made in America for Americans. And I don't even really blame them because we might do the exact same thing. I can't sit here and shit on America for wanting to keep vaccines in America when I would like to think that we would do the same thing here. I really do think that if we were a vaccine-making nation, which we should be, I don't know why we're not, but if we were— I would like to think that Ontarians and Canadians would get the shots before we started exporting them around the world. I'd like to think that. And that's exactly what America is doing. So we're getting our vaccines from Pfizer and their Belgium plant. Well, that plant, they're going to make it undergo a quick retrofit so they can make even more vaccines. But it's going to create a lot of downtime, and this is the worst possible time for it. I don't know why they didn't retrofit this back in September before this vaccine got approved so that they could be firing on all cylinders when they got the approval. But this is the situation we find ourselves in. And Canada, 
Let's not forget, we were late with the order. We placed a massive order. We ordered more vaccines per capita than any other country in the world. We've got enough that we could be handing these things out on fucking Halloween. We're going to have vaccines like crazy come October. But we don't have any right now. And that's a big problem because, hey, we're ahead of schedule here in Ontario. It was supposed to be tomorrow that we finished vaccinating all of the long-term care homes in all of the provincial hotspots. We were done yesterday. Actually, we were technically done Monday. Mm-hmm. It got announced yesterday. That's great. That tells me the General Rick Hillier, the head of Ontario's vaccine task force, is doing something right. But the problem is we don't have any vaccines. So now, yesterday, during a very, seems like a haphazard news conference, they announced, yeah, actually, guys, uh, because of this, this thing over in Belgium, we're not going to get any vaccines next week we're supposed to get a couple hundred thousand next week now we're not getting any and they also alluded to the problems that are going to happen over the next little while i.e the countries in the european union which is where belgium is they are going to have a one week disruption in their supply and then they're right back on track okay a week eh, if it means more vaccines can be produced overall okay that's fine we can live with a week canada though because we're right there at the back of the fucking line our supply is going to be disrupted for four weeks minimum. Nobody was more pissed than one Douglas Ford, I noticed. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you heard about that. But Doug was livid yesterday. Livid. Livid uh, yesterday. He called on Joe Biden to get rid of this stupid policy. Well, I shouldn't even say it's a stupid policy. He called on Joe Biden. He said, as you become president, please give Ontario some mm-hmm. of your vaccines. Mm-hmm. You're making millions a day. We want like an afternoon's worth of vaccines for Ontario just to get us through the next few weeks until our supply comes back in. I didn't think it was a very big ask, but I thought it was very big and bold of Ford to flat out ask Joe Biden to send Ontario vaccines. They're made in Michigan. I mean, we could put it on a fucking bus. You could throw them across the river and they'd be here in Ontario. It's not hard. I was so glad to see that, though, yesterday. And I know some people are whatever. They'll have their own opinions on whether he should have said anything like that, Um, whether you should wait for Justin Trudeau to say something or not. Like, who gives a shit? He's still leading this province. This province is short on vaccines we all are the whole country we're short on vaccines he would like to get his province up and running he has people in his ear constantly he hears all of the the negative uh feedback from business owners who just want to get back to as normal as possible or at least be able to have customers walk into their store physically again he wants all those things too so when something like this happens he realizes in the bigger picture it'll slow things down in that area and who does that fall on him so i don't blame him for doing it i'm curious to see if Joe Biden bites or his administration or whoever whoever's going to answer to that if 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 they do. But I hope so. Well, you know, Joe Biden could do himself a lot of favors and create some goodwill. The Canada-U.S. relationship has been somewhat strained over the last little while, mainly on ideology differences. But for a couple of different reasons, like renegotiating NAFTA, we liked the deal that we had. Um, now, Biden today, uh, as an executive order, he doesn't need to go through Congress to do this is going to cancel the Keystone XL pipeline. Well, we had a big portion of our economy that was counting on that pipeline. We, the taxpayers, now own that pipeline, and it's worthless now. Worthless if we can't get that pipeline down to America. Biden doesn't want it for environmental reasons and a few other thoughts, but if he's going to do that and really sink us there, he could create a lot of goodwill and distract away from that negative headline 
if he would just say, you know what, Ontario and, and all of Canada is up Shit's Creek right now. It's uh, good. And it's my favorite show, by the way. So we're going to send a million vaccines to Canada. It'll be like a day's worth of production out of Michigan. It won't really affect the American rollout. And we're going to help out our friends and neighbors. If he does that, Doug Ford might as well run for prime minister because he did what Trudeau couldn't do. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, I was watching Power in Politics on CBC. Uh, Vassie's great, by the way. She does a really good job on that show. I think she's a fair interviewer. She, uh, she asked Anita Anand, the procurement minister, who at the end of the day uh, is responsible for buying these vaccines. A lot of this shortage issue falls into her lap here. So she asked her, did the prime minister phone the head of Pfizer? Because we know that Benjamin Netanyahu over in Israel has phoned like 21 times. We know that the head of the European Union has been on the phone with Pfizer to try and get more supply. She wouldn't say that the prime minister has spoken to him. She just skirted the question at every single turn. And and frankly, maybe Trudeau's the type of leader that does believe in delegation. He's got Anita Anand, the uh, procurement minister. That's her job. Buy the freaking vaccines. So maybe he feels like he doesn't want to get involved. But there's a lot of people who think that he should show some leadership here, stand well, up for Canada and yeah. say, hey, get us. Let's fucking go here. Well, you know, you- we placed a massive order. The problem is we didn't place an order with any checks and balances to say that, yes, we need um, a couple hundred thousand this week, a couple hundred thousand next week. They just have to, on Pfizer's end, give us a couple million by the end of the first quarter. Well, just on that note, I mean, and you can't tell, look at look at me, look at what I've ordered for my country. There's so many vaccines that I've ordered. You can't be the person to do that. And he did. And then try to put somebody else basically at fault for it. Or like you said, he, is, he has someone that actually has that job. Uh, you, oh, it's, it falls on them. You can't do that. So... You already were the one that stood up and said, I have all of this. We have all of this. Look what I've done. And then not do anything about it when it's not working out to what you thought was the plan. Yeah, you can't just be the boss in the good times. Yeah. And I think uh, for the most part, uh, the federal government has done a good job at looking after this. But now we're at a critical phase where if we could get shots in arms, we could reopen. We could take away all of these restrictions and people could go back to normal other than you'll probably have to wear a mask for a, a little bit longer. We're way, way, way behind many other countries in the world when it comes to getting those shots in arms. And frankly, it fucking sucks. I hate seeing that there's Canadians flying to America to get COVID shots because they know it's going to be months before they can get one here. And every day that goes by that we don't have these vaccines going into arms, we're further away from reopening. And it is very, very discouraging. Um, speaking of the vaccine, there is a company over in the UK. I want to see if I can find the name of it. It's like biotech something, whatever. In any case, it's an English company and they're developing a vaccine too. They're about to go to human trials. That's phase three because phase one and phase two showed that this immunization is very, very, very effective. Like right up there with the AstraZeneca and with the Pfizer one. Here's the difference with this vaccine that they're developing it comes in two different forms one of them's a shot and one of them's a pill imagine you could get a covid vaccine orally Mm, okay that's a game changer for people especially who just really hate needles like Mm -hmm. just hate needles um that's that's crazy i mean i i don't uh, i I hate needles 
Yeah, like you're one of those people. Actually, you like you you hate needles. I don't know. I, I, they don't bother me. I'd probably still opt for the needle, but it. But I, I don't know. I don't know. I'd have to see what happens with the pill. But I don't know. I've been pregnant twice, so I've been stuck with so many needles. Had my blood drawn, blood drawn so many times. It's absolutely ridiculous. So that shit doesn't scare me. But the pill. I mean, yeah. If that ends up being a safe option for people, that's great because it means more people would be likely to take it. Think about how practical that is. You know, they're talking about doing like drive through vaccination clinics in Ontario, like they're doing down in Florida. You can just go to the local park and pull up, get your shot, leave them your name and boom, you get your immunity passport or whatever it is that they're giving you to prove that you've had it. It's amazing how efficient they're being down there, particularly in Florida. Here, we're not even close to that. But if you could just pull up and they handed you one of those little pill packages, like here's the one you take today. Here's the one you're going to take on February the 18th. Take that and you're fully immunized by the beginning of March. Do you know how many people would be much more likely to take a pill than get a needle? Mm -hmm. I think with a pill, I mean, we take pills all the fucking time. And that's just with the prescribed shit. Forget about all the recreational pills that people are taking. Yeah. I think people are a lot more open to taking one. We could get this done so much faster. Pills are also a lot easier to ship. They're a lot easier to store. They're a lot easier to distribute. If they can get this done and get approval for this and it actually works, you're right. This thing is a game changer. I was the guy who wanted to know why I can't have it in the ass. I don't want a fucking needle in my arm. It, I cringe so hard and I get so worked up and my anxiety goes through the fucking roof when I'm going to have to get a needle. If I could take a pill, great. I'm not being – just yes, shut up. Are. Like it's honestly – it's a little pinch if that and some needles aren't even that pinch and then it's over. It's, no. it, it takes a second. Nah. nah, man. I don't want a needle in my arm. I really don't. If I, like I said on our radio show, and I think we meant to talk about this at the end of last week, and we didn't for whatever reason. I think we just got busy. If I can get it in the ass, I'm taking it. And That's like, exactly just, what most people assumed. <laughs> <laughs> if I can get the COVID shot in the butt, I'm taking it there. Yeah, and you can't, I mean, okay, so technically speaking, by the way, we've talked to a lot of medical professionals on this subject who said technically you could, but it's way easier and way more efficient, and, and they need to make sure that it actually goes to the right spot in your body, so the arm, that's the best spot for it and the safest area, too. So as It's much intramuscular as, or something like that. We had a few nurses explain yeah, to me why I can't It's great. No, it's great. It I love it. I love it. But so that means, Scott, no, you can't just walk into, uh, you know, your clinic in your private room turn around, bend over, and say, give it to me. Don't even warn me. Just fucking come up behind me. Just jam it right in my ass. You just can't do it. (laughs) Listen, uh, I don't want to see it coming. I just want like a little, what was that? Pinch done good. The arm, there's just too much there going on, and and I'm just not a needle guy. But like I said, if I could get it, uh, if the doctor would like just, or the nurse would just jump out and yell, surprise, bitch, and boom, slide it in there, I'd be a lot better with the idea of getting the shot. (laughs) Now, I'm going to get it either way, but I want it in the ass. That couldn't possibly. And I know it sounds terrible to say that, but I do. That'd be amazing. You know what? I would love that, like, just someone to open up a clinic where it's just, that's exactly what you experience. Like, here you go, bitch, get ready. And, <laughs> you can even call boom. me a little bitch when you bend me over. I don't even give a shit. Like, just give me the vaccine. I just don't want to see it coming. <laughs> Thanks for the vaccine. But did you have to pull my hair? I mean, that was kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> How was your shot? It was good, but the nurse called me a dirty little slut. It was strange. <laughs> <laughs> uh. 
fuck's sake. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's just blow through a couple of things quickly here, and then we'll wrap it up. How is our time? How long have we been going here, Kat? We're going about a half hour, so we'll try to keep uh, this one a little shorter, maybe. Yeah, we will. Okay. Quickly here, uh, Punxsutawney Phil, that little rodent down in Pennsylvania, the American Groundhog. Uh, Groundhog Day is only a couple weeks away. Yeah. Uh, Punxsutawney Phil is now on Cameo. You can get a personalized greeting for $80 oh, US. Oh, fuck off. Are you serious? I'm serious, yeah. That's the, Okay, what is the Cameo? Just him fucking sitting there? I don't know. I, I, there is actually a Groundhog, but I have a feeling this is more like somebody dressed like Punxsutawney Phil. Oh, my God. That, like, f- fuck. I know. Uh. It's... I don't even get me started. Uh, <laughs> 81% of old people say getting old isn't as bad as they thought it would be. Hmm. Are you looking forward to the aging process or do you wish you could like <laughs> stay dialed in at like the, that 25 to 35 range? By the way, the rest of that 20 whatever percent it would be or 19%. I would love to know exactly how they feel about it. Um, yeah, I, I mean, okay, so you hear, you hear different things from, from people when they, when they turn a certain age, right? Usually it's right around the age of 80 where people start getting asked all of the same questions that you hear, like, what's your secret to, you know, staying youthful? How do you feel? And it it is amazing though. I will say consistently, I mean, I hang around people for the most part within my age range, but even those who are like 10, 15 years older than me tell me I'm in the best stage of life. Oh, just this is actually the like I've never been happier than when I was in my 30s. Like that was the happiest mm-hmm. time. But then 30s are better than 20s, though. I'll say it. See, and that's exactly it. And when you're in your 20s, sometimes you hear from people who will tell you the opposite. They're like, oh, enjoy your 20s. Like, what a time. But, you know, I've I've been enjoying my 30s um, quite a bit. And I think it, it's all perspective, too, because as you get older, you really do get wiser. I mean, that that's the saying. It's it's the truth. You know, you older, you get wiser and you learn things. And I think that that comes with you having a better understanding as you get older and you don't sweat the small stuff. You know, in your 20s, you worry about things a lot and you constantly thinking about things. And, you know, when when am I supposed to do this? I would get, get married. And it's a lot of like up in the air stuff because you're figuring out your life. And then, I don't know, for me, once I hit my 30s, I felt like, you know, all right, like, this is cool. Like, I could, I, I know what my life's going to be like for the next little while. You gain a better understanding and you get a little more flexible about life and the shit that comes out of nowhere, like a pandemic, for example. You learn to roll mm-hmm. with the punches. So, again, I've heard, like, every generation say it differently. Like, if you ask your grandparents or someone in that age range over 70 years old, let's say, they'll probably they'll probably be honest with you and tell you, like, Life's fucking good because I don't give a shit. Like, you people are all worried about shit that's not important. And maybe one, and one day you have to figure that out for yourself. So that said, I mean, sure, there's certain things I do look forward to about getting old, but I'm in absolutely no rush to get there at all. Here's the last thing we'll do here on this episode. Um, picture this. You're wearing a mask like you're supposed to right now. You got your mask on. Maybe you're, uh, you're at work or maybe you're just walking down the street. You feel that sneeze coming on. What do you do? Because nothing's going to stop a sneeze. You can't hold a sneeze in or you'll blow your asshole right out of your body. (laughs) And then where are you going to get the vaccine? Right? (laughs) Well, I needed that asshole for the vaccine. (laughs) Shit. Now where are they going to stick it? (laughs) What do you do? You got to sneeze. You got your mask on. It's happened to me before, by the way, where I've sneezed and I have my mask on. And basically, I just did what my habit is, which is what we all should do, and sneeze into, like, 
my elbow. So I've done that before. If I'm in public, I'm like, and I do that. Even though I have a mask on, I still do it. 41% will keep their mask on and sneeze right into it. Mm -hmm. Okay, listen, that's exactly what you're supposed to do. The whole point of the mask is to keep your respiratory droplets from getting out to other people. When you sneeze, it's like shooting them out of a fucking cannon. So you're supposed to do that and, and keep your droplets covered up. But what if it's a wet one? Then, then what the hell are you supposed to do? You, you know, know when you, you feel it coming on and you think, oh, maybe, maybe. And, and then you get surprised and like a little, oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> then you just gave yourself a facial. You have no one to blame but yourself, at least. Or allergies or whatever the circumstances surrounding your sneeze, I suppose. But that's gross. I mean, it sucks. But this is, there's like, a, there should be. You know, I've seen all these campaigns about wear your mask, wear your mask, wear your mask. If you're using reusable mask, good for you. That's great. Environmentally friendly. Fabulous. But make sure you also wash that mask for this exact fucking reason, because that's nasty. Yeah, it's totally nasty. I mean, you just had to sneeze and all right. Yeah, it's the right thing to do. I got my mask on. This is what it's here for. Keep the droplets in and then achoo, and boom, you're fucking it looks like Spider-Man threw a web at your face. Like it's going to look awful. <laughs> you try to pull it off and it slaps back on you. <laughs> You know what? Masks, though, generally speaking, are, are can get gross. And and ladies or gentlemen who wear makeup, you know, I uh, that's fine, too. You know what I mean. Because if you wear lipstick or something, and I'm assuming you know nothing about this, or maybe your girlfriend's told you, but it'll rub off, obviously, on your mask. Oh, yeah. I never thought about that. Yes. Yes. Um, so anyway, we should all be washing, regardless of that, we should all be washing our masks constantly. Anyway, if, if not for the lipstick marks, for the snotty nasty spider web that scott just finished let me ask you another question before i tell you what the correct answer is here why the fuck are you wearing lipstick if you have to have a mask on all the time why would you wear makeup at all right now yeah well i mean for i mean i have before for videos and things like that meetings and zoom things from time to time i will yeah tinted even if it's just tinted like not necessarily lipstick but even like a tinted gloss or something sure i'll throw that on if i have a meeting try to put myself together real quick and make it seem like i'm put together (laughs) at least try to fake it and and it's happened before where i've put my mask on after it i have a girlfriend who's a, a teacher that still wears her makeup and puts on her face even though she's remote learning and then maybe we'll go out we just had this conversation the other day so yeah there's people who who do it or they'll still yeah they still want to put themselves together or make themselves feel like they're about to enter a work day and that's one of the things that helps them get there so they don't feel so slumpy tired uh, gross you know in their pajamas in their sweats all day so yeah there's some 41 41- 41% sneeze into their mask. 17% say they will pull the mask down, sneeze into their elbow, and then put the mask back up. That has to be, by the way, followed up with a wash your hands. After you touch your mm-hmm. mask, wash or sanitize. Mm-hmm. That's the correct answer. The 3% of people who pull the mask down and sneeze into their hand are doing it wrong. Oh, that's the 11% that pull the mask down and sneeze into a tissue that's okay. That's also acceptable. People that pull down the mask and sneeze into the open air have apparently not been watching the fucking news. Shit. Who's the fucking wrestler that spits out his drink? Oh, God. Yeah, we won't be doing that anymore. It reminds... uh, No, no shit. But it reminds me of that. That's what I picture when you just said that. Like... Like, just fucking letting it fly. Is it John Cena? I don't know. Is like wrestling fans listening to this yelling at us right now because they know the it's, answer. And it's, uh, 
It's an obvious answer. Was it Stone Cold? Uh, Triple H. Triple H, thank you. Just like Triple H. Just let that sneeze fly. That's fucking gross. Oh, it's a hella gross, but here we are. Two <laughs> percent, just doing it. We got to roll, everybody. Thank you for listening to this edition of After Nine. Please, no matter what your political leaning, no matter how you feel about Donald Trump or Joe Biden or whoever, just try and be fucking nice because we don't need any more shit. Let's just move on to the next and have yourselves a great day. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.